following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be, to simply be with Him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. Good morning. It's morning here at the station, and it's a great time to be here. I just love coming into WRFD 880 Salem Media. Such wonderful people. Thank you, Alan. He's always incredible. I love Alan. (laughs) I'm so glad that he's part of the show. And all the whole entire team here, they're just amazing. And I was thinking about it as I was walking in the getting in the elevator I, ha- I was carrying my starbucks i have my water i i yeah i ran to get coffee today because i got up so early i don't know if you got up early today but i went to bed late and got up early there's just always something to do isn't there it seems like the list goes on and on so i did that and i i never go to starbucks anymore you know i i use my keurig or a, a coffee pot because it's so much cheaper but today <laughs> I did go to Starbucks anyway. So if you haven't had your coffee yet, I I haven't either. I'm just now waking up. But it's a good day to be together. Isn't it a good day to serve the Lord? And I I was thinking about the station on my way in. I was thinking about, wow, we live in a free country. We live in a nation where we can boldly and openly proclaim the word of God, the truth of his word. We can pray for one another. We can quote scripture on air. And I'm so grateful I'm so grateful. I don't ever want to take that for granted. I don't ever want to lose the enjoyment and the wonder and the just the incredible nature of freedom. We live in a free country. So thank you, God. Why don't we pray? That just made me want to pray. God, I thank you this morning. I thank you for America. I thank you for our nation. I thank you that you love us, that we are free. I pray that you would protect uh, the airwaves. Lord, I pray that your word would go out, that your truth would go out, that Salvation would be known everywhere in the United States. We thank you for our country. Lord, would you protect us and bless us? We ask that you'd watch over us. Lord, we need your help in our nation. We need your healing in our nation. We need your hope in our nation. And you are that hope, Lord. So we just come before you today. We thank you for being together. We thank you for the book of Ruth. We thank you that we get to study your word together. So we're going to do that today, Lord. Would you be with us in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. I love praying with you. You are so beautiful to me. I love talking to you. And we can just have our coffee together today. Why don't we do that? So the book of Ruth, we are doing an overview. So I wanted to take four days and just do a quick overview. There's four chapters, about 18 to 23 verses per chapter. And today we're on chapter three of the book of Ruth, the greatest love story of all time. Well, we know that when God sent Jesus. That was truly the greatest love story of all time. But what I like about the book of Ruth is that it's really symbolic of that transaction that happened for us with Jesus on the cross. Jesus came for you. He came for me as our redeemer, as our kinsman redeemer to redeem our life from the pit. And same thing happened in the book of Ruth. It was just in the natural and God sent her a kinsman redeemer and his name was Boaz. So there was a you know, a pattern that they had, if you lost your husband, 
the next of kin would have an obligation really to marry that widow and to take on her family, take on her obligations, all of her finances, the home. Can you imagine all the bills when you become a widow? I have some friends who are grieving right now that are new widows and I just have such compassion for them and I pray for them all the time and I'm thinking about them right now, but they have had to go through life insurance and had to go through all of the bills and and everything, get all their fares in order. But when you have a kinsman redeemer and you're a new widow, you know, he comes in and he helps take care of all of that, which is, I mean, how incredible, how incredible that would be. And that's what happened to Ruth. So she's a new widow. She's with her mother-in-law, but Ruth is a Moabitess, which is modern day Jordan across from Israel. You take a land bridge from the Dead Sea across to the land of Moab or Jordan. Those are the descendants of Esau. And so Ruth, she decided, she made a real firm commitment. We talked about that in chapter 1. She committed to God, God, the, the one true living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And she said, Naomi, my mother-in-law, I'm going with you. I'm going to go where your people are. I'm going to follow your God. I'm going to honor your God. And she lands in Bethlehem which was Naomi's home. And Naomi had lost her home during the famine when they had, they had traveled to Moab. And so now they're coming back, but they're coming back as widows. And it's chapter three of Ruth. So this is just an overview and we will go through it in depth a little bit later this month. But in chapter three, I want to read you uh, chapter three, verse two to three. It says tonight, He will be winnowing barley that he is Boaz. Tonight, Boaz will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. And Ruth, uh, Naomi is speaking to Ruth and she says, wash, put on perfume and get dressed in your best clothes and then go down to the threshing floor. I love this passage. It's the shortest little passage, but (laughs) I think about Naomi telling her, you know, get cleaned up, put your makeup on, get your perfume on, all the girly stuff. Get your best clothes on. I, I remember getting ready in high school for school or for a play or for you know different things and using that Aquanet on my hair. We had Aquanet or all these heavy hairsprays and my dad would come in say, you know, we're of course we're running late. My dad's, you know, got the car already warmed up, ready to go. And he comes in, you know, what are you girls doing in there? You're killing the ozone layer. I still remember that. I thought that was quite comical. He was like, you're killing the ozone layer with all of that hairspray. Get get in the car. Let's go. You look great. Oh, but Naomi, she says to Ruth, go get, get, get dolled up. Get dolled up and head to the threshing floor. And I love the threshing floor, too, because the threshing floor reminds me of the physical nature of the Bible. And when I lived in Israel, we had a wonderful professor. He was a kind of a famous professor, and his name was Stephen Fawn. Stephen Fawn really passionately wanted us to understand the physical settings of the Bible. And he felt if we understood and knew the the leaves, the trees, the seasons, the animals, all of the physical, the, the geology, the geography, everything that was a physical nature of the bible the almond trees the olive oil the all of those uh, settings of the bible he wanted us to understand those in depth so that we could 
in turn understand what Jesus taught us because so many times Jesus spoke in parables and he used the setting that he was in and so uh, our professor Stephen Fawn he felt as if we understood this then we could understand Jesus and really understand the context of our Bible and I remember at the time thinking why is this important again (laughs) you ever like that in school you're like why do we have to learn algebra I'll never need to use that in my adult life well guess what sometimes you do and so it was one of those situations. And and so Stephen Fawn took us he took us to this threshing floor and he had a donkey. And and so the donkeys have this like it's not really a wagon. It's they, they're attached to this harness and it's this flatbed that the donkey pulls behind them. And on top of the flatbed they put heavy rocks. So then they have this big concrete type. It's not concrete, but, you know, the the ground has been so many times landed on that it's like as hard as concrete, mud like con- concrete. And so you have this huge threshing floor, this big circle of hot, dry ground. And the donkey, you put your wheat there and you spread your wheat or your barley out on that spot. And then the donkey goes around in a circle with their little wagon thing and it presses it down and it breaks down the shaft and the wheat and it's this incredible process so so we did we watch that and then they take a pan or some other kind of container and they gather a whole bunch of it up in there and then they or they throw it with a pitchfork into the air gather it in a container but what happens in this process and i remember my professor with his pitchfork and throwing this in the air and his shaking his container and the wind blows and they do this during a windy time so they they the, so that the wheat and the chaff can be separated so the heavy wheat or barley go to the bottom of the pan or the bottom of the threshing floor and all that fluff, all that chaff is blown away. And this happens usually in the evening. There's a breeze, this great breeze from the Mediterranean Sea in Israel. So it's kind of like when you go to the ocean and you know at night you might want to wear a little jacket because the breeze is coming off the ocean. So there, there it is. The wind is separating the chaff and you've got the wheat left, these kernels of wheat that are good for bread and good for sustenance and baking and all the things you need to eat are left in the bottom. And so in this passage, Boaz, he's going to be on the, at the threshing floor. He's working at night. Why is he working at night? Cause that's when there's a breeze. And so Jesus speaks, he speaks about this and he says that one day he will separate the wheat from the chaff. Remember that verse? Jesus wants us to be the wheat and chaff. What is chaff? Chaff isn't sturdy enough. Chaff isn't steady enough. Chaff isn't heavy enough. And it's blown away by the wind. And that's one of the reasons that we need the Bible. That's one of the reasons that we need the book of Ruth, because we we need to know the truth of God's word and we need to stand on it. It's up to date. It's real. It's reliable. It's relevant to this day. And so here they are. They're at the threshing floor. And it says in Ruth 3, 4 to 6, when he lies down, that's Boaz, note the place where he's lying, then go and uncover his feet, and he will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother told her to do. And now, daughter, don't be afraid. 
I will do for you all that you ask. All the people of my town will know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another related more closely than I. So that's Boaz. She gets down there. She doesn't have to be afraid. Oh, the overview is that Ruth, she went forward in obedience. She prepared herself. Yes, she may have used too much Aquanet, but she prepared herself. And she did this in excellence. Went down there to the threshing floor. She had great character. And what did she find? She found a kinsman redeemer. And that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow on the overview. How Boaz, he said, don't be afraid, my daughter. I'm going to do everything you've asked. Don't worry. And that's what Jesus says to you. He's your kinsman redeemer. And he's saying to you today, daughter, I'm going to do everything you need. It's going to be okay. Your life is going to be okay. Come to me. Come in character. Come in courage. Come in excellence. I'm going to take care of you. Don't be afraid. That's Jesus to us. That's Boaz to Ruth great day here at RFD. It's a great day at 880. You are listening to Simply for Women.